Sir Snippet Sirs is sponsored by Dr. Renee Jack Nussbaum for Rafur Shlema Olachola Yisrael, in particular, Hanan Yeshmo Lipa Mincharnaleya. All those who are single looking for their Shidduch should find their Bashert. We are up to the uh, section of Shema, and we completed our study of the opening sentence Shema, the most critical statement, the motto of the Jewish people, a uh, affirmation of the unity of Hashem's existence. The next Pasuk, Baruch Shem Kvod Machusoli Olam Vo'ed. Baruch Shem, blessed is Hashem's great name. We've shared many times that we don't know God directly, we cannot comprehend, we cannot describe, we cannot relate to who Hashem is. He's omnipotent, He's infinite, He's categorically different. The only way we relate is through His name. The closest we come is His name. That's why it's called a Kiddush Hashem. We sanctify His name, meaning how He manifests in this world, or a Chil Hashem. We've created a vacuum, we've pushed away. There's an opening where his name belongs and we've made it hollow, we've left it empty. So here we bless, Baruch Shem, blessed is his name, Kavod Malchusau, the glory of his Malchus, his uh, dominance, his dominion. This is his world, his kingdom, Leolam Vaed, forever and ever. Chavetz Chaim, the Bir Allah and Simach Samach entertains, has a debate whether Baruch Shem, the second sentence, has the same significance Shema itself, that kavanas li'ikuva, that concentrating, being mindful, understanding what we're saying is as important as the opening sentence of Shema. And in fact, the Bir Halacha concludes that if a person finds themselves not yet having started via hafta and realizes my mind wandered in Baruch Shem, I wasn't paying attention for this important sentence. In fact, they should repeat it again because kavana, being mindful, concentrating, might be as significant as Shema itself. Now, as you know, should know because we just read it this past week's Parsha, as you know, while Shema appears in the Torah, Baruch Shem does not. Moshe Rabbeinu relayed Shema via Havta, via Vayomer, but Baruch Shem, this sentence that's inserted in our Siddur, does not appear in the Torah. It was added. The question is, why not? So we have two traditions. One of them is more famous than the other. The Gemara Psachim and Daphne and Vavim and Aleph, and the others are Medrash Rabba and Dvarim, Medrash Rabba and Parshas Vazchanan. The Gemara first in Psachim tells the story that it was the end of days. Yaakov felt his time was numbered, surrounded himself with his children in order to reveal to them Ketzayamim. He wanted to tell them they could mark their calendar, he wanted to tell them they'd be able to anticipate the end of Hashem withdrawing his right hand from battle, the end of Hashem hiding, Kodesh Baruch Hu would defeat our enemies, the eschatological era, it would be the end of days, Mashiach, and the end of the exile. But Yaakov Avinu perceived, the Gemara tells us, that something was incomplete, it didn't flow. He wasn't able to relate it easily. And he was worried. Maybe the fact that there was some static, maybe the fact that his connection was slow, Maybe the fact that he was stumbling to be able to relate this critical spiritual information was a reflection that there was a begam, there was a blemish among his own children. Maybe there was some rebelliousness, something incomplete, something unworthy among his own children. Maybe they didn't believe what he believed. So what he was going to reveal, what he wanted to transmit, they were unworthy. They weren't a clay kibble. They couldn't accept or receive because maybe the fact that he was struggling itself was revealing to him that something was wrong. At that moment, his children, unified, responded, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, 
Shema Yisrael, Yisrael is Yaakov. Abba, Tati, Daddy, whatever they called him. Listen, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Echad, we got it, we're in. Hashem Uz Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, we're good. Yaakov, relieved, responds, Baruch Shem Kvod Machuso, Liolam Vo'ed. So Chazal instituted Shema, Shema is Darai, so we're biblically obligated to say it, but when it's placed in our sitter, they didn't know what to do. On the one hand, to say Baruch Shem out loud, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't repeat it. It's not in the Torah. On the other hand, to omit it, Yaakov Avinu said it when he was relieved about his son's sense of faith and about their worthiness. So they came up with a compromise. We're all familiar. We say it quietly. We say it balachash. We say Shema out loud, Baruch Shem quietly. And then the rest of Shema out loud again, with the exception, of course, of Yom Kippur, when we are angelic and when we are, and when we are worthy. The Gemara, the uh, Medrash, rather, has a second uh, story. The Medrash has an alternative version that when Moshe Rabbeinu came back down from Shamayim from heaven, he had heard the Malachim, the angels, were declaring, And he said, that's pretty good. It's a good motto. That's a good statement. He brought it with him. So why don't we say it out loud? So Ravasi, the Medrash says, tells us it's compared to a person who steals jewelry from the royal palace, he gives it to his wife, and he says, you can't wear it publicly, only in the house, because then you'll see where it came from. So, so too, we don't wear our Baruch Shem publicly, it comes from upstairs, with the exception of Yom Kippur, when we're qualified, when we're worthy, because Ke'ilu, we live upstairs, we come from upstairs as well. So there's several questions, we don't really have time, I'll just ask you the questions and we'll continue. I want to share with you what I think is a beautiful insight that answers and explains, it's a beautiful kavana for Baruch Shem, and it resonates very deeply for me in terms of my uh, worldview, my philosophy of Hashkafa. But the question is, why did the response of the Shvatim, the fact that Yaakov's children in unison responded Shema, why did that relieve Yaakov's anxiety? What about the statement specifically made him feel comfortable? And what is the significance of Yaakov's Reference to Hashem's sovereignty in this context. When Yaakov says, The glory of his kingdom. Well, why, why is that the response? If you're relieved that your sons get it, that you're transmitting the Mesorah, that they're on the derech, so why is it the response? The Rambam, the beginning of the first uh, parak of Hilchus Kriyashma, first of all, in a departure for the Rambam's usual commitment to only convey the strict halacha, the Rambam tells this story. As if the story is somehow part of the halacha, not parenthetical to it. But the Rambam does not stick with the tradition of the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that Yaakov was moved, what precipitated it was, he wanted to reveal the end of days. The Rambam reformulates the Gemara. And he says that Yaakov surrounded himself with his children to teach them Yichud Hashem, the unity of Hashem's existence, divine unity. One of the 13 principles of faith. For the Rambam, it's... Uh, not to surprise, that that's what Yaakov was teaching them. Why didn't the Rambam just stick with the Gemara's version? Why does he have this alternative version? And why did Yaakov need to gather his sons to teach them that? And what does that tell us about the conversation that went back and forth and what we can learn from it? We'll pick up with it, please God, next time.